that we've been over this. There has to be a World War Three and Four first. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's the beauty of World War Five, Lois. It's so intense, it skips over the other two. Peter, it doesn't work. I have spoken! What else did he say? He said you were the best in the Parsec. I have spoken. Thanos over here. What's up, everybody? Welcome to We Have Spoken, the Geekiverse is all the Mandalorian podcast. With me today, Thomas Colbert. Hello. The Bud Lime. Is it, no, Blue Lime. No, Sorry. It's blue. Don't, don't that was rude. Uh, to my right, Jamie Leroy. No relation. Nope. Not at all. I'm Josiah Leroy. So we are talking about Disney Plus's The Mandalorian, uh, specifically Chapter 3, The Sin. So if you have not seen Chapter 3, we're going to talk about a lot of spoilers here. So uh, bookmark this, come back and listen or watch afterwards. But uh, we're going to get into just a little bit of analysis on the episode here, a little bit of the, the community tied to the Geekiverse, and just get overall reactions. So that being said, first off, what do we think of... Chapter three here. We're almost halfway through the season. That's a little depressing. It's very depressing. Oh, wow, yeah. The episodes are so short that you don't expect to be halfway done after like an hour and a half. Uh, they they go very fast. We've yeah. talked about this. I've been of the mindset, and you said, Brian said online, um, that we'd rather have a shorter runtime but a higher quality. Yes. As opposed to maybe getting a Netflix show that's going to be uh, 45 to 53 minutes, anywhere in that ballpark. I, I'm definitely of that mind. Um, Tom, what do we think of the episode so far? Uh, um, episode three in particular. I liked it. Um, it had a slightly different feel to it. I mean, it still had the overall you know, um, theme going on there, but it was, I don't know. Kind Each of episode has been distinct to me. Yes, absolutely. So first one, we get our intro kind of into this world. Uh, five years after the fall of the Empire, after Return of the Jedi, what's going on? Um, kind of a lawless period, if you will. Episode two, we get a little bit of the journey. We've we've got the asset. We've got Baby Yoda in hand, and now we're we're kind of fighting through the world. Um, which that sequence on the sand crawler again, absolutely loved it. Yes. Uh, now we are in episode three, and we got a little bit more of a western vibe. And as we've seen, uh, or as Tom has seen online, people comparing it to John Wick. One hundred percent. I was looking forward to them. I'm a big John Wick fan, so when I saw that uh, correlation, I was all over it. Not to be confused with the Geek versus John Fick noted prequel hater. No, no, they're the same person. We don't know that. Oh, oh my gosh. I thought they were the he same He did threaten person. Lindy the other day. <laughs> thought it was weird. <laughs> very out of character. That's so rude. Yes, very. Uh, but uh, he did not threaten my dog. Uh, we are talking again, if you're just joining the, the Mandalorian uh, from Disney Plus, uh, Chapter 3 here. So I, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, this one clocked in about 37 minutes or so. Um, a few things to note. We got more flashback sequences mm-hmm. that kind of paint the picture of why, or I guess it, it gives us a little more insight into where the Mando is from. Yeah. So between the last, or I guess it'll be the first episode and then this episode, each time the armorer is forging and building upon his armor with the Biscar steel. Um, he's having these flashbacks to himself about what we can assume is him as a child and his parents and his planet being attacked by what we can now tell is should be the Separatists because we saw a super battle droid today in the episode. 
Had we seen that previously or no? Uh, not to my knowledge. Okay, I, I didn't think so. I Just thought explosions. That was yeah. really cool. So that, that was also the best looking super battle droid I've ever seen. It, yeah, it looked good. Uh, <laughs> th- it was a little bit more polished than what we had seen in episodes two and three for uh, Star Wars. But um, we get a, a glimpse of maybe the time period, and that can kind of put an age approximation on how old the Mando is. Because if we do the math, we have um, Star Wars Episode Three is about 20 years before A New Hope. And the end of the Clone Wars would have been just around that time. And I'm sure there would have been pockets and skirmishes here and there. Uh, and then Return of the Jedi is a few years after A New Hope. And the Mandalorian series takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. All in all, anywhere from probably 30 to 35 years old, we, we could assume. Yes. So maybe the Clone Wars are a big result of, of why he's on his own or why he is who he is. Uh, so we get more Baby Yoda here uh, early on in the episode. First of all, today we learned that we're getting Baby Yoda merchandise in time for Christmas, which is great. Yep. So uh, you guys know what to get me. One of you get me a uh, Pop Funko, and one get me just a stuffed animal. Or Daisy a stuffed animal. Yeah, yes. That's sure. <laughs> that's what I meant. Too Daisy. Too Daisy. I could definitely have one of those Pop Finals. So Baby Yoda, or as Tom calls it, has uh, anointed it a yadling. 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 Sorry. Sorry. You still messed it up. Yodling. Yodling. I, I did not mess it up. Get Yodling. out of town. You said like yodel. Oh, I didn't. Okay, okay. We'll play, play back the tapes. Play back the tapes. I'll play back the tapes. <laughs> I don't have time to rewind it. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about Knives Out with yeah, the tape. With the we tape. saw Knives <laughs> Out tonight. Yeah, we saw Knives Out. It was really good. It was so good. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> it. Not as good as Ryan Johnson's last movie. The internet would agree with me for sure. But, you know, still Most pretty good. Most yeah. Uh, so, uh, baby, baby Yoda, let's talk about it. Jamie. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. You can't get past it. So, what happens in in, in this episode with Baby Yoda? Oh well, first of all, Mando takes him back to whoever was trying to get him initially. Uh, whoever sent um, out the. Uh, we discussed in the last episode that we it? can assume he is an Imperial officer, <laughs> um, and that the other guy is associated somehow with the cloners on Camino because yes. um, thanks to the wonderful in- internet, someone spotted... Cloners. Oh. Damn good ones, too. Someone spotted, was it a badge or like a... Yeah, an insignia on which, the shoulder, I believe Which I missed. I didn't see in this episode either, but... I didn't know that that was a, a, a thing, and I feel like for a lot of Star Wars lore, I would have recognized that, but I had no idea I that there too. was a, kind of a patch or a logo associated with the Kaminoans. Yes, so the Empire is... After this yodeling. Yes. Or the remnants the of child. the Empire. Maybe the, the Empire that's not given up here. Yes. Yeah, so he is sold for a bounty. He is... But before that, we get some oh. interaction in the the ship between oh, Mando yes. and, and... Oh, my gosh. It's so cute. They have a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's so adorable. Yeah. He, they do. It's like a... You know, no, it's like a big brother, little brother, or like a father-son kind of thing. It's so cute. And he... Uh, the baby Yoda creature, he... He unscrews the top of like the ball of one of the shifter things in the in the ship. <laughs> Lever. Oh man, just to Would play you guys with it. That is not a toy. <laughs> ever like anticipated that that's where, like we we <laughs> didn't know at all that a baby Yoda was coming, right. let alone that we'd see this kind of relationship. Right. I well. can't tell you how much I love it. Yeah, I think it's just well because when you pictured the Mandalorian, did you think like it's going to be about no. this guy who finds this adorable creature? and has a soft spot? <laughs> yeah. So oh, a lot of people I've seen on the internet, mostly Star Wars haters, again mostly, 
have said that the Mandalorian is more fundamentally and more feels like Star Wars than anything Disney has released so far. Would you agree or disagree with that statement? Um, I can agree. I've got an opinion. I guess I could say I would agree with it. Um, but you like what Disney has done so far, for the most part. For the most part, yes. I mean, compared to everything that's being done, um, I mean, in all honesty, I'm I'm a fan of the new movies, but I mean, I like a lot of this the side stories that are happening as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that being with like Rebels and Resistance and you know things that they have taken over. Um, and like Force Awakens and Rogue One and Solo and all that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I enjoyed Solo. I enjoyed enjoyed Rogue One, and I, I guess I could just say with this is I like the feel of this so much of like the tone of like it's not it's not set like for adults or just for kids. It's that nice medium of like it doesn't have to be like too violent or gory to be enjoyable. It is rated PG. Yes, which is a point I've had for a long time because I'm I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, yeah. and pretty much for the reason of how gory and how inappropriate, I guess, if you will, it kind of is. But it's not childish either, this, this show. I mean, right, it's right. Star, it's Star Wars. That's yeah. the best way I can put it. So, Do you think this is more fundamentally Star Wars? Or would you, st- I, again, I think most people that have been saying this dislike what Disney's done with Force Awakens, Last Jedi, etc. Um, I think it's a, I think a totally it's, different flavor. It is, it, that's for sure. But I wouldn't I, say it's more Star I Wars. I don't think so either. I think it's kind of on par, like... I do, I obviously I love everything that Disney has come out with, and a lot of people don't. Yeah, no, but I do. <laughs> I do. F- I do for sure. Yeah. Um, Force Awakens is up there with Empire for me. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with Baby Yoda, uh, where you were talking before, we get to the exchange. Uh, sells it for the load of Biscar. Oh yeah. Like, so invaluable, almost. He, asks what they're going to do with it, which is completely beyond the code. You're not supposed to do that. Um, and they don't tell him, so <laughs> that's nice. But he's kind of freaking out on, in the inside about it. But he leaves anyway with his uh, with his bounty. So uh, <laughs> one of the comments from uh, the group we're about to mention on Facebook kind of had mentioned that they didn't think that the Mando was going to give up Baby Yoda. They thought there was going to be maybe a, like a gunfight at that point. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. That's where it felt like it was going. Yeah, it kind of felt like there would be. There was a lot of tension, but he just left. But he moves on. Yeah. Goes back to to Grief. Grief Cargo. Grief Cargo. And if you guys notice, he wants his next job. Mm-hmm. He's shaken, right? Yeah. He wants to forget. He wants to get to his next job. We get some funny exchanges from Grief Cargo on Twi'lek. Uh, the, oh, the, the Twilight, Twilight bathhouses. Bath yeah. My oh, healing bath. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So some uh, some Twilight prostitution going on there. A couple of drug references. Yeah, he, yeah. he talks about spice. Go do some spice, and you'll forget all about it. Waiting for them to bring up Kessel. I think that would be great. Uh, you don't want to sell me death sticks. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> uh, thinking about that too. Uh, the Mandalorian's new armor as well. Oh, Very Django yes. Fett like, right? Oh, so shiny. Very chromy. Yeah. Very chromy. Google Chrome over there, right? Google Chromy. Yeah. Yes. I big fan of that. Let's talk about um so we we see more stormtroopers. I love seeing stormtroopers in these these new age movies or um new age Star Wars movies slash shows where it's not the first order stormtroopers. It's the uh, empires or the remnants of the empire stormtroopers. They look beat. They look sandy. They look, you know, kind of dirty like this equipment's been there forever. They're holding on to something that's not there anymore. Um we see a Quite the skirmish. Um, where am I going with this? 
what I'm trying to figure out which direction I want to take first here. Why don't we jump into seeing all the Mandalorians in action together? That okay. was kind of cool. This is not something we've seen outside of uh, the Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels. So we're definitely skipping around a little bit here. Um, yeah, which is fine. We're just we're just spitballing here. Um, but basically, towards the end of the episode, we see our Mandalorian pinned down with um, the baby Yoda creature, the child. Um, Yodling. The Yodling. Yes. It's, it's becoming official. <laughs> Yodling. Um, and which I was hoping for the whole time, but my timing was off. Um, as he's pinned down and surrounded by the guild and the other bounty hunters, we see the other Mandalorians come out and help him out and this big shootout begins and they all have unique weapons and blasters and flamethrowers and jetpacks and it's it's a very cool scene very um clone wars feel of those battle scenes um and even with um the clone wars animated series very similar to how like the clone troopers were fighting it was um almost nostalgic watching that for me but it was cool to see it in live action yeah, absolutely. And, and everything looked great. I mean, it wasn't, you know, blurry or, you know, like like shoddy scenes. It was, you know. So we also, early on, speaking of our Mandalorians, get uh, kind of a, an intense exchange with the Mando and one of his fellow... Um, Heavy Gunner, they called them or something? Yeah, I think that was the, Cornier, at least for the, the subtitles. subtitles. <laughs> uh, he gets into... Uh, a little bit of an exchange there. A scuffle. Gets into know. an altercation. Uh, that is definitely the voice of John Favreau. So with John Favreau, um, he's producing and writing the series. He is uh, the guy behind the original Iron Man movies. We see some kind of Iron Man callbacks. I think first of all, we see how almost the armor is being upgraded. You said it, it looks like uh, like a video game. Yeah, it had that feel of. I mean, every episode we're seeing our character grow, and he's getting like new equipment and you know mm -hmm. um and we're learning more about his background it, it felt very like if they made this video game I, I would feel like i was playing it right now i hope they don't because i already know what's going on so don't ruin this for me yeah. but um yeah it just it had that nice feeling of like i get excited seeing him level up per se yeah that's absolutely what yeah. it was um so we saw that and then we also saw he gets kind of forged this special weapon how do they refer to that weapon? It was... Uh, whistling Birds. Whistling Birds. So he, he pulls that out uh, towards the end of the episode as he's surrounded by stormtroopers. Four of them, notably. Which in the first episode, he says he likes those odds, right? Uh, <laughs> when there's yeah. four stormtroopers uh, versus him. And um, he gets them to get to a standstill, puts the asset down, and then he fires them off and they're homing. And that reminded me very much of what we saw in the early... Um, MCU, whether it was Iron Man 1 or Iron Man 2. Difference, too, between the first episode and this episode, because um, he still he still likes the odds, but in this episode, he had the child with him, mm -hmm. so he kind of had to yeah. tackle it a little differently versus guns a-blazing, really rolling around, taking some shots, so yeah. it was interesting to see him, you know, choose to, hey, I'm protecting this package, this is, this is my goal now, I morally chose to yeah. take this path. From an emotional standpoint, um, are we seeing the connection here between how he was kind of left by his parents to be protected there and stuffed into that shelter and why he maybe wants this baby Yoda? Yeah, it feels like he wants to protect it just like his parents protected him, but he feels that he has to be there to protect it as opposed to his parents who like shut him into a cupboard like Jinner. So. And then probably got 
destroyed. Well, he's right, right. What were they calling the the shoulder and nut? Foundlings? Foundlings. I wanted to say abandonlings. That just sounds <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Um, the synonym. Or, uh, uh, the orphanlings. <laughs> so he, he's a. I'm over he's here. <laughs> <laughs> my mind works in weird ways. Um, he's a he's a foundling, and he's very about this um, Mandalorian cultural environment of you know helping those in need and especially with you know these orphans basically of taking them in and raising them mm-hmm. which just crossed my mind of just a Yoda Mandalorian which is a really cool <laughs> really cool thought for Yoda me. the ears would yeah. go out like the helmet side <laughs> for just sure stick out just, um, be like that jokes on you one of the Mandalorians is a Yoda creature <laughs> and its ears are in the helmet there was definitely a Zabrak in you this episode you never take by off the way. your helmet <laughs> never so Zabrak uh, is what Darth Maul is that was oh. one of the people that was firing. I don't think I saw. Yeah. I completely lost my train of thought with that Yoda Mandalorian thing. <laughs> I know we were talking I about don't before that. No. <laughs> Moving forward. So let's get into uh, some of the comments uh, from, from Facebook um, regarding tonight's episode. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can be listening on iTunes or SoundCloud or watching on YouTube. Hopefully. We tried with last episode. We had some technical difficulties. So um, look at that. The first one. I'm not even making that up. What's his name? What's Thom. his name? Thom. It's so, Tom. <laughs> it's Tom. No, it says Thom. It's spelled T-H-O-M, so but it's Tom. He says, the final battle was amazing. Any idea if Sabine will show up or be mentioned? How great would that be? So we're talking about Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels, one of my favorite Rebels characters. So I I love the idea of it. Um, but What me, if she's Gina Carano? Well, me, me personally, <laughs> it's just that thing of seeing animated characters show up into... Um, live action. Like Saw Gerrera. Clone Wars. Yeah. And then they build them into Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So it's just that, but that was done in, like, there's a way that they could do this if they tie Sabine in and, you know, it works out great. Fine. But, I mean, it could be something as simple as a casting error just to ruin that character for me. So I, I, I guess I trust them to do it if they're going to do it. But there's so much culture involved with the Mandalorians. And, um, We're finding that out. Bring it on. With, with culture to the Mandalorians. Kind of even just. This is the way, this right? They, the way. They've all got this code, and they seem to honor it. Yeah. Uh, Joe also says, um, the flashbacks of him as a kid and the battle droids attacking. Where did they come from? Because uh, this takes place way after the prequels. So we see that as a flashback sequence, right? Yes. Uh, so that's that's what we can assume. Uh, let's see. Kevin Rabiner. Oh, hey, Kev. What's up, man? Uh, so, Kev, you'll see him at Nickel City Con, typically dressed up in some sort of Star Wars attire. He had um, that little mouse droid remote, oh, if you guys yeah. remember. Uh, I do. He basically made that from scratch, which was awesome. Uh, so, Kevin said it was a great episode. I wasn't really expecting him to turn over Baby Yoda. Same sentiment here. I thought he might take the Beskar and fight his way out but his way may have worked better since he had better armor during the caper. Very true. That's true. Mm-hmm. They didn't even realize they were equipping him to come back and take the baby. Yeah. That, that really worked out for him. Right? <laughs> yeah. Going back to uh, Joe's comment there about, you know, the, the battle droids that we saw um, attacking his planet or his town. Um, that's an interesting thought just to kind of think about, you know, like who, why is this happening? Like, was this a separatist attack? Um, or is there, you know the Empire kind of using up the extra resources they have, or did someone else happen to get a hold of battle droids and reprogram them? I mean, it's this, very possible. This could be the setup for some villain that we're um, not expecting yet. So that's a very 
We do see activated battle droids in Rebels. Yes. Uh, which takes place uh, five years or less before A New Hope. So years after the Clone Wars, 15 years after the Clone Wars, we do see battle droids in action. They don't necessarily have, pres- have to represent the Separatists because you can buy them, right? Um, Brian Patrick Stoyle, a good friend of the Geekiverse, he said, thoughts in no particular order. Uh, he loved the Western shootout tropes in the final battle. Uh, grief surviving from the money. Armor piece in his pocket was a great touch. Uh, makes you wonder if the Mandalorian aimed there on purpose. Ooh, I never considered that. He did know it was there. That's an interesting thought. He did know it was there. Yeah. And that's a great point. Because he, he shows him that he's rich right in the middle of the episode. Mm-hmm. A callback for us to Rush Hour 2 <laughs> with Chris Tucker. <laughs> Thank you, Benjamin. Uh, Brian says, jetpacks. Yes, that was really cool. Uh, as I mentioned during the episode that we were all watching tonight together as, as a group, hope there's no Sarlacc picks around because that would be awkward. He uh, <laughs> foreshadows that too when he says, when he's flying away at the end, he goes, I got, I got to get me one of those. <laughs> yes, he does. Reference along those lines. So we'll see. Uh, how many Mando characters can John Favreau voice? Not enough, says Brian. Uh, let's see here. He also says, I appreciate how the Mandalorian is always willing to donate some of his Beskar to foundlings. He probably could have gotten a new right thigh plate instead, but decided to pay it forward. Right, this guy's got a heart. Yeah. Despite having this code and and being a part of not just this Bounty Hunters Guild, but also the, the Mandalorians, but yet he still has this kind of soft spot for doing the right thing, it seems I like. I think he's got a soft spot for the foundlings in particular, too. Because that's what he was, right? right? Uh, let's see. Deborah Chow delivered the goods in both drama and action. Kudos to Star Wars' first female live-action director. The Kenobi series is in great hands. Ooh. So if, if you didn't know earlier this week, it was announced uh, that Deborah Chow would be in charge of Kenobi. Wow. So we're going to see. Uh, and she directed tonight's episode. That's great. I certainly hope to hear uh, Wilro Hood cosplayers adding Biscar, 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 and with their ice cream chants at conventions. <laughs> Uh, Baby Yoda learned a bad lesson from the Jawas in trying to steal objects from the Razor Crest. (laughs) Very true. Uh, So long as there are alternate ways to claim a signer aside from slaying, I'm betting Yoda's species becomes Mandalorian's signet. Oh. That is a good point, too. So we've got that epic logo that we've we've had forever, right? Can you imagine if something happens uh, to baby Yoda or maybe even just his, his inspiration leads to that. That would be exciting to me. Really yes. exciting. Um, It'd be a lot less intimidating, I think though, mm, but it means more. Yeah. Okay. Thumb. I, I, I well, can have it, opinions. It could just be his signet in particular, right? Yeah, it could be not the whole Mandalorian groups sign, but does he have his. one currently? No. Did they? Because he, he was going to have he one, but he refused. Re- okay. They almost gave him the the big horn, or mud Sand? horn, mud horn, mud horn. Yes, but it was <laughs> not a noble kill. Yes. So he refused it. Dirt uh, horn. They big, almost gave him. They almost horn. gave him the big horn. <laughs> Longhorn Steakhouse. Yes. Oh, I could go for some of that right now. Yes, me too. Wow. <laughs> See what time they're open till. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're closed. Research and buttons <laughs> is on they're it. Closed. What? Okay. Just Jim and I will go. Yeah, bye. So, they're closed. <laughs> they are not closed on a Friday night, you son of a gun. Uh, what, are you, what are you looking at? The time. The time. They're closed. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Um, any wrapping thoughts or any takeaways before we uh, we end this episode of We Have Spoken? 
Well, I can't rap, but um, they really... You said you would freestyle, and you know it. Maybe. Going back on your promise, I see. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> um, well, we left, we left the episode off on a really open note. I mean, he is now wanted by... Did you say it was like a C or a D minor? Oh, oh my goodness. No, my no, this is where the John Wick thing... <laughs> and I thought my jokes were bad. This is where the John Wick oh. reference came in because, yeah. because as soon as he stole the child, uh, every bounty hunter's like beeper thing went off exactly like it did in John Wick as soon as he was wanted. That's got to be a video on Instagram already, right? Like it side by side? Must be, it must be. I'm sure it happened. But anyway. It felt the same. Um, so the Mandalorian has the child and he is flying off into space and now he is wanted by whatever scraps are left of the Empire. Where's he going to go? And um, this Bounty Hunters Guild um, and his only allies right now are his Mandalorians who are staying behind on whatever planet that was. He's probably also wanted by anyone who still wants the Yoda creature. Hopefully another IG-11. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I need more Taika Waititi. Very uh, short-lived. Taika's yeah. directing an episode. I don't remember which one it's going to be, <laughs> but he's in charge of that one. Uh, but I need more IG. Insert number here. 11. 88. 66. Any IG that's 33. voiced by 44. Taika. Are we just saying numbers now, or do we have any? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. So, Jim, any wrapping thoughts as uh, we look back on this episode and look ahead to next week? Mm. My gosh. Yes. I got to go watch this again. Woo. Yeah. Um, definitely. So when, when the Mandalorian went back to kidnap the child, uh, morally caught him morally, (laughs) he caught him in the process of what looked like he was being cloned. So that's interesting. How far did that, we assume they were gathering DNA, right? right? How far did that process get? Do you think they're going to be able to do anything with that? Oh, how about the, uh, or is there anyone left? He left that man alive too. Imperial torture droid there. Yeah. Right? So call back oh, to kind yeah. of a new hope. Well, they referenced um, when he was kind of spying on uh, the two main guys that um, they had to remove the substance or the source. He made some kind of reference to that. So it could be anything from um, blood to midichlorians to right. um, a- an actual organ. Like, we don't know what uh, DNA, like you just mentioned. I mean, so it's still, we don't know what the heck they were doing. And the, the Imperial guy, so we see him talking to the doctor mm-hmm. through like these heat vision kind of almost goggles yeah thermal scope or something that's really cool we see that a lot of video games yeah. um that at some point was a part of the bounty hunter video game whatever his weapon is it's so multifunctional <laughs> so seeing awesome. seeing um oh this is where i wanted to go earlier when he's playing a little bit of covert ops with the stormtroopers Yes. He, sh- he really he gets them in a bunch of different ways, and one that looked really cool was kind of how he electrocuted the one. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. He knifes the one. Yeah. He pulls them to him and knifes them, right? Yes. Yeah, so he did like a whole, like he shot him. That's a Kylo Ren move. Yeah. Stormtroopers are just so incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> this armor's useless. Or they're outmatched. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. And there was, it's because they can't see. Well. It's because they don't have the, the first order tiers. <laughs> That's why. Sometimes they hit their heads on things. This is where the eye... It's like if their helmets were like this. <laughs> right, guys? The well, eye holes are just too high. Why would their eye holes be above their heads? Good job, Jim. Oh. Because Oh, I see what you're that's, going... That's okay. what yes. he's saying. Yep. Gotcha. I still that's saw your how eyes, storm, so I was confused. That's how stormtrooper helmets are. 
Imperial Stormtrooper helmets. The First Order ones correct that. Um, and then, so we, we got to the way he knifed the one guy, he electrocuted the one guy, and then he, like, burned the guy, the one, right? He, like, he, melted he everything. Oh, he did yeah. torture guy, yep. Yes. With his, um. with his torch fire thing. So Flamethrower. We, we've seen more than enough evidence that the Mandalorian is not to be messed with in so many oh. different aspects. Yes. Oh, I can, he can also just, like, disintegrate people. Which with, cool. with that one particular rifle that he has. That's true. And yep. we had a lot of that tonight. And in the previous episode when he, he killed, like, four oh. Jawas. And I mean, that's like a, a Star Wars Battlefront almost Easter egg, you would think. Like, that's like an extra where you f- it feels like a cheat code, almost. Yeah. that's um, It's really funny to see that and then see the callback to Darth Vader's line, no disintegrations to Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I love it. They, yeah, they, they tie everything in. Everything. Oh, my gosh. So if John Favreau, as is rumored, would take over the Star Wars franchise as a whole in 2022 and be the Kevin Feige of Star Wars, what would you guys say? Would you say sign me up or you're happy the way it is under Kathleen Kennedy? There's something about having um, these multiple visions and directors on these projects that I think does keep it fresh. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that if he did happen to take over, we would get some great projects. But I think, as Star Wars fans, the majority of us like to be challenged. And, I mean, I, I got to say, we like to complain about stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Especially um, Star Trek fans who watch Star Wars stuff. Like, my gosh. Is that, is that someone in particular you're talking to? <laughs> A lot of people I know. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll do that more another time. But I, I think it, I would be okay with it, but I like these directors coming in and doing different projects and me seeing different things. And I don't have to like everything. I'm not going to like everything. Um, but the more people that we see doing these, these things, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. I mean, I kind of feel like that's how it is with the MCU, though, right? Like, you get different directors and producers. It's all overseen by Kevin Feige. But yeah. It he's gives you a different flavor of everything. So if you, in particular, so well. love comedies, then Thor Ragnarok is your movie. But, like, if you like more serious things, another movie might be better for yeah. you. But I would trust his, his judgment then to, like, turn down projects that aren't working for this kind of modern-day vision of Star Wars. So. It seems like he knows Star Wars pretty well with yeah. what we've seen here in just three episodes. So He seems pretty cool overall. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's watching The Chef. Yeah, I watched that, too. Like, he's a guy I want to hang out with so bad. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> Come to Buffalo. <laughs> Come to Buffalo. <laughs> Tweet us, John. That'd be great. We'll talk. <laughs> Tweet us, John. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he, he did. He was really a big part in laying down that groundwork for the MCU. He's doing it nicely here with the uh, live action version of Star Wars that we've seen so far. We've got five more episodes for Mandalorian season one, and then we've got season two that's oh, in production. Thank goodness. That's good. So it's going to happen. You know, it's going to keep going here. And we've got the Clone Wars in February. We've got uh, Kenobi and a Cassian and K2 series as well. So nice. future is bright for Star Wars here. Rumor has that there's a Darth Maul series in the works as well. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I did uh, That'll be that. a gift right there. Oh, yeah. That, it's a rumor. It's a rumor. It's been a long time rumor, but guess what? So is Kenobi. Yeah, mm. right? <laughs> mm. I'd do it if they asked me. <laughs> <laughs> do we get to your final thoughts on, on this, or do we uh, interrupt you? Some of them. Okay. I only had one left. Uh, my last my last final thought, my final final thought, is <laughs> of 
the the final scene when the Mandalorian is speeding away with the Yoda creature and <laughs> he's reaching for the ball on the shifter and he gives it to him. It's just so cute. I love their their little relationship. <laughs> They've managed to make this tough badass Mandalorian from the wild wild west. It's kind of softy. That that works yeah. without compromising any of that toughness. Right, right. One of the things that ball reminds me of is um in Revenge of the Sith, when Anakin picks up those two marbles and he like spins them with the Force, I'm really waiting for the. You remember that part? No. He, he, it's right in the beginning. He's talking to Padme. He's being super whiny about everything and Kenobi not trusting him. Um, and he's in her room talking to her. Attack of the clones? Did no, you mean? this is. It's got to be. Are you sure? Maybe I think. It is. I think it is. I think the one yes, you're referencing. I'm sorry. Right? You're okay. right. It is Attack okay. of the clones because that's, that's, that's where they actually like fall for each other, officially. Yes. Um, yes, but he picks like the two marbles up and he's spinning them in his hands, and I'm just picturing this <laughs> this yodling doing the same thing with this marble, just like having it float in its hand and just kind of showing that its force powers off. So we'll see if that happens. But that was my favorite part in episode two. That wasn't the sand crawler sequence as a whole. Mm-hmm. Was the the that baby Yoda using the force on that beast? It was so epic. Oh my goodness, I get goosebumps even thinking about it. And I think that's what sparked his initial. You know, compassion for this creature being like, "Hey, this is a living being, and, it, and it's not only not only is this thing alive, but it saved me." Yeah. And, oh, you know, for sure. It it's not just you know another yes. bounty. He refers to him later as an enemy that didn't know he was an enemy. Yeah, he, he was prey. Right. That's what he referred but, to. You know, as, but. then he went and rescued him, so he's not an enemy anymore. So there's, you know, I've talked about extensively on our various shows how much I like this release format. Because it keeps you wanting more. It keeps you excited. It it gives you all this time to make sure you're on schedule. You don't have to worry about spoilers for the most part. It doesn't feel like a huge commitment because it's only like a totally. half hour a week. Mm-hmm. How exciting is it knowing... I mean, Fridays are great in general. But looking forward to next Friday, thinking what's the next episode going to be like? And it's only a half hour of your day. Exactly. Exactly. And we get to talk about it one at a time and, and kind of have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I can't wait to, once these are all released... Watch them all at once. Yep. That's going to be a rare binge for me because I don't typically do that. Yeah. If they could release them too without like the endings and just kind of like do a smooth transition, I'm sure it'll come out online eventually. But Oh, yeah. I'm sure that'll be a, a Disney Plus yeah. update too. That'd where be fantastic. You just jump into the next Watch episode. All just, the episodes, just yeah. Three yeah. and a half to five hours of the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, sign me up. No doubt about it. Yep. Um, so if you've enjoyed. We have spoken. We've got a lot of Disney Plus slash Star Wars content going on. Currently, we're in the middle of a miniseries called Hindsight, a Star Wars series, which you can listen to on iTunes and SoundCloud or watch at YouTube.com slash The Geekiverse. Uh, we, uh, so myself, along with John Fick and Seth Zelensky, are unwrapping every single Star Wars film, going through our reactions, how it's going to tie into Rise of Skywalker, etc., etc. You can enjoy that right now. Also, uh, a monthly show called Pluscast, podcast based on Disney+. Plus. We won't get as in-depth on The Mandalorian, but we'll get uh, you up to speed on all of the latest news for Disney, Disney's new streaming service in Disney+. Plus. We will be back next week for We Have Spoken. For Jamie, for Tham, I'm Josiah. We just have one last thing to say. We, we have spoken! That is the way. That is the way. This is the way. <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> hashtag tweet us, John. <laughs> God.